Hi guys, welcome to the Nerd Nation Alliance podcast. This will mark our 18th episode. I'm your host, Zach. As always, accompanied by my co-host and longtime best friend, Richard. Hello. Hello. And we will get started with some brand new movie trailers. So this week, we were hit with the War for the Planet of the Apes trailer. You're right. I really hate these titles. It's very long-winded. <laughs> and like you re- like when you read it, it's like that's one thing. But when you have to say it out loud, you're like... Or like, the Planet of the Apes. Crap. I was like, why couldn't you be Planet of the Apes like three? Yeah. But I feel like there was like a, a contractual thing where it was just like you gotta have Planet of the Apes in your movie. So mm-hmm. they had to throw because then they don't they don't number it. Yeah. So I guess that's why they had to do it that way. I mean, I can see why they don't want to do numbers because that's everywhere. I feel like there's just numbers four and five and six, and then there's the, the whole thing where people are like. It's never good after the third one. After the fourth <laughs> one, the quality just always drops. <laughs> after the fifth season of that show, you, the quality, I'm like, yes, But this I is know. the third one, though. Yeah. And as far as, like, the reboot is gone. Because mm-hmm. the first one was, what, James Franco? Yes. Then the second one was, who was in it? I don't even remember it. I don't remember the actors. But I know it was good. Yeah, I just know the movie was <laughs> really good. I know it was really, really good. And then this is the third one that we're getting. So, um, what'd you think of the trailer? trailer overall I mean, yeah I why do you say overall like they're bad parts well because the trailer itself just doesn't get me excited i'm just excited more for the movie yeah, than the trailer itself the movie's gonna be good. yeah so like the trailer i'm like oh that's cool but it's not like some trailers for other movies where the trailer itself just gets you hyped and you want to re-watch it a number of times a planet well because it's apes. one of those things where like planet of the apes is a very very old franchise so when you see the trailer it's not going to tell you anything that you haven't seen before as far as the franchise has gone. But me personally, I'm happy because it looks like we're moving towards the old ones where the apes actually do like finally take over. I'm ready to have like part four or five be like, it's a literal planet of the apes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm ready for that. I mean, Caesar's back. That's always good. Uh, the main antagonist is Woody Harrelson. I know, man. Like, they struck gold with that. And I like his little monologue he threw in there. How like, <laughs> you know, they have to take care of what humans created Mm -hmm. and it's their fault it is it is their fault he's like look you know this is nature's way of getting back at us for creating what we created Mm -hmm. so this is we're accountable for this and we have to destroy them well to be honest should i feel bad that i want the apes to win of course not i mean caesar i mean do you want the do you want the humans to win no really i don't want the humans to win why not the way the movie like portrays yeah yeah. the way they portray us we're like douchebags but yeah it's like I thought you'd be like, humanity, yeah. Well, I also feel like the apes, when they take over, I'm hoping that they would be more... Civilized. They know how it feels to be caged. Mm-hmm. So they'd be like, all right, well, we won, and you could do your thing over there. Yeah, but it wasn't like that if you saw the old movies. We were in cages. Yeah. It was the exact opposite. Like they like they It was literally like a planet of apes, humans were pets, and they had us in cages. You know what it is? It's temperament. That too. Yeah. It's temperament because Caesar, he even says in the very beginning, he's, he's like, look, I want peace. Like, this is what I want. Yeah, he says that now. Yeah. But it's going to get to that point where it's just like, peace is no longer an option. Like, all out war. Let's go. Yeah, but someone that wants peace, when that person wins, they'll then treat their prisoners better. That's someone in, who, in theory, wants peace. Yeah, but on the preview, you saw Woody Harrelson had the gun to his head. Yeah. So you never know if Caesar wants peace, Caesar dies, and then his successor is like, bump it. We're going to just blow up everything. Oh, that's often. It might often, be one of those. That's often the case. And I like how in the trailer they showed both situations. 
the apes having a human captive, mm -hmm. and then the humans having an ape captive. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if you noticed, it's a very small part when there was like a raiding scene when they were going after like a fortress of humans, mm -hmm. and it seemed like a human versus human thing. It was kind of weird. weird. There, were, there was an ape with the humans next to a turret. I'm not sure if you noticed that. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, so I was like, okay, that's going to be pretty cool. So it's not going to be complete apes against humans, that they're going to have some apes who are pro-human in the sense that they want to put or apes in cages. Beast. Yeah, just like, exactly. But I can see turncoats on both sides. Mm -hmm. Like, I can see some humans helping the apes because they might feel, like, obligated because it is our fault. And then I can see some apes helping the humans was just like, we don't really want war, like, we just want to chill. Yeah, so I thought it was pretty cool seeing the apes there, but the visuals and, like, I like how it's just horseback riding and guns. <laughs> like, that just stood out to me. Like, I know, it's like, where's all the technology at? But, I mean, I guess it's still there because there's still turrets and, like, other stuff. Horseback riding and guns and humans have... <laughs> the bows and arrows, dude. Yes, they had, like, the fire bone, bow and arrows and, like, the humans have the tech advantage, but close quarters combat... Apes got it. Well, apes are stronger than us. Yeah. And I think it might come down to that where it's just, like... We'll have the better artillery, but like when it comes down to like fisticuffs, like we're not going to win. Yeah, even Caesar was encountering that one guy, a point blank of a shooting. He was just like... Yeah, he was just like duking it out. I was like, yes. You know what? I think there was Woody Harrelson in like war paint. No, I think that's a small fry because I think yeah. he's taking out the small fry. Because he was shooting at Caesar. Yeah. So I feel like it's like big guns versus big guns. We'll see. It's probably more dramatic than that, I think. Like I but, you know, we'll definitely see. But it's pretty awesome they got Woody Harrelson in it. Yes. So, so you know you got a good bad guy. That guy's been on point, though. Dude, you know what? I'm, like, fresh off of uh, True Detective Season 1. So, like, Woody Harrelson being casted is, like, the greatest thing ever to me right now. Yeah, and, you're, so, like, and I'm your ready. vantage point, that's just great, for sure. <laughs> but, I mean, is there anything else about the trailer that stood out to you? Um, Nothing really. I mean, I would have to watch it maybe, like, two or three more times. But I'm not that, like... Big of a stifler for details. Yeah, I think the trailer is cool because now it's like, all right, now I'm excited about this movie. But the trailer itself is like, all right, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's a Planet of the Apes trailer. Like, exactly. Nothing, nothing's going to like blow you away. You're just ready for the next installment, per se. Yeah, it's not like a bunch of superheroes flying or anything. <laughs> Some apes and humans. That's true. <laughs> so uh, do you want to move on to the next big trailer that debuted this week? Yeah, man. The trailer. Ooh, all right, so uh, Spider-Man... Homecoming trailer also debuted this week as well. Uh, thoughts, feelings, awesome, you? amazing, really, so great, yeah. Like, like I knew it was gonna be good, and after you see that kid and like Avengers, you know he's a good Spider-Man. But when you, you see Michael Keaton as the Vulture, you just like when he's not in his bad guy suit, he's Michael Keaton, so you know he's still gonna be innocent. Yeah. So it's like he's going to be menacing like in his human role and then the new vulture suit looks boss. It's modernized too. So people are going to complain, oh, the comic book would look terrible. It would have translated awful. It looked awful. And I was just like, please don't do it. It was literally a vulture. It was like a guy in like a bird suit with green and yellow wings. I was like, this is going to look so bad. It looks great though. And he looks fire. Like it's robotic. He is, his feet are like claws now. I guess so, yeah. Like the way they look, they look like an actual like bird's foot. So I was just like, oh my god. I think the whole theme they're doing for this is just so awesome. Where he's like the young, being pulled into the oh, Avengers that, kind of thing. These are the adults. Oh, he's the kid. That was my one thing that I actually didn't like. Really? I don't want Tony Stark all over this movie. He was never that big in the Spider-Man mythos. And like he's like, if you look at his character overall, he's such a bad role model. Oh, he's an awful role model. He's such a bad role model. But the way I see it is, Tony's going to be heavy in the first movie, 
And then the next movie is not going to be as heavy. I'm hoping, because it looks like, like the way the previews look, it's like Tony's in like a mentor role. You know, he got him with the training wheels on. And then like Vulture shows up and he's just like, don't worry about the crazy guy in the robot suit. Like, leave it to the other guys. Yeah. So I feel like Spider-Man's going to, it's going to be one of those things where it's like, it's going to be like, it's literally homecoming, but in a sense, like a coming of age where it's like, I want to prove myself. Yeah. Because you see in the beginning when he takes out like the guys at the, at the bank robbery, it still looks new for him. Mm-hmm. Like fighting, like he's he's dropping them no problem, but he's not really used to like all of the powers that he has. He's still surprised by his ability, just yeah. like in Civil War, and it's a nice carryover. And that's what Marvel does amazing, where they just kind of throw someone to a small role, and it's like, all right, I've already seen him, I've already seen him in action with the current universe. Mm-hmm. But it was great though, his like little smart aleck mouth, and just like he's like, yeah, I gave it away at Hulk. Like you aren't the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that, that's going to be so great. I don't think people realize that's what makes Spider-Man so great. If you watch, like, the cartoons, like, mm-hmm. he was mocking his villains all the time. I think that's what they missed. Yeah. Is that during his fights, he was so annoying. Yeah. He was so annoying, but you loved it. And no matter how, like, what degree of, like, severity that was happening, mm-hmm. he was still just talking. Yeah, he was still and joking. No and he's what. already seen the guy, like, a hundred times. He's about to destroy the city, and he's still just, like... Talking and slinging and joking and... Oh, and speaking of destroying the city, you notice they had... Uh, I don't know if you remember the old Spider-Man. I think it was in the second one with Doc Ock where they have the train scene. Yeah, when Toby is trying to... And it basically looks like, you know, the 2016 version of that. Yeah. Where he's stopping like a, a rail car or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty cool and too. And it seems like he's keeping a ship together that Vulture is destroying. Mm-hmm. That's what it seems to be like. He just is destroying like a cruise ship full of people and he's just trying to keep it together just showing another feat of strength but i just like how mean he is yeah he's like i will kill everything you love i was like ooh, i like this michael keaton yeah no it's definitely a great michael keaton mm-hmm. that's for sure and i like how just the little things even the high school they're at like that whole vibe they had yeah you was, kinda miss that yeah it was definitely really cool and it they're not gonna do the uncle ben thing it seems they're Dude. just gonna move past that <sighs> And this is this is something people have been, like complain about for quite some time is that we know these origin stories so well. Whenever they do reboots, it's like I don't want to see Bruce Wayne's parents die again. I don't want to see Uncle Ben die again. Like we know. Well, that's why they created their own origin story. And that's why it's just like I'm happy we're gonna like postpone that and just like go past it. Yeah, that's true. What was that uh, line that uh, Tony Stark was throwing at uh, Spider Man in the car? Oh, when he when he uh <laughs> he's talking to him. Well, this is probably after the line. But when he reaches over and Peter thinks he's hugging him, and he's like, "I'm not, I'm not trying to hug you. I'm just opening the door." You yeah. Can go now. <laughs> oh no, the line here it is. It's uh, don't do anything I wouldn't do, and don't do anything I would do. And then there's like that epic pause where he's just like, "My my brain can't really calculate that." He's like a little gray area in uh, between, <laughs> and that is Tony Stark though. Yeah. He's just like that. That's him. But did you notice the little uh, Easter egg, I guess you would say? Not even an Easter egg, just like a little detail. When his friend discovered that he was Spider-Man, his friend had a model Death Star. Really? It was another Star Wars homage. Dang, I didn't catch that. That little Disney, Star Wars, Marvel. We together now. (laughs) And Petey did his little reference in Civil War. Oh, yeah. And he's like, what was that movie from a long, long time ago? That was perfect. (laughs) But you know what? To his credit, if if you're like 
16 now or 17. Dude, Star Wars came on in the 70s. It's old for us. Like, it's old for me. And I'm I'm old. So, like, for kids, it's, like, ancient. And we keep trying to, like, make it fresh to ourselves. But it was made in the 70s. <laughs> yeah, it was made in the 70s. Yeah, we it keep trying just... to make it sound like it was our childhood. But it was, like, it way wasn't. before our childhood. <laughs> what do you think about the little uh, wings he has? I think they're fresh. It's how it used to be. And it was also, um, uh, just like in the Spider-Man Unlimited show. He had the wings, too. Yeah. So I thought it was really cool that they brought it back. Even though he doesn't really need them, the glide or whatever, because he swings, but that's cool. Yeah, he's perfectly fine. I like this, the little things. He was on the phone with this girl. He's like, sorry, I've been slammed. And he has like a bus <laughs> slam of it to a bus. I'm like, yo, like this literal, like the way they orchestrated the trailer. <laughs> and they threw in like Donald Glover for like, what, half a second? Half, like a split second. Yeah, and he's just like standing there behind this guy that's using like this tech gun. I don't know, it was almost like... It was almost like a Stan Lee cameo, like it felt like it. Stan Lee's gonna have a great cameo. Yeah, he's gonna have a fantastic cameo. Because Spider-Man's like one of his babies, like that's his one of his favorite characters, if not his favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and he is, he's the best uh, superhero. Yeah. Overall? If, if you want the total package, he'll give it to you. Yeah? Yeah, he'll give it to you. That's very true. And then the very end, Spider-Man and Iron Man. Oh. See, and that's what's upsetting <laughs> you. Because, because it's his first movie... I don't want it to feel like he's getting too much assistance. Like, I want him to struggle, and I want him to grow in that struggle. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want him to have a mentor, because I've never seen Spider-Man with a mentor. And that's what made Spider-Man so great, is that when he went through this stuff, he had to figure out how to do it on his own. Yeah. So he was just like, how is he going to get through it? But now he has, like, Tony that's just like, oh, don't worry, do it this way. And it's just like... Uh, but he's also a bad mentor, so it's fine. Yeah. You may as well not have a mentor. You may as well not have one. He's like, here's a cool suit, and I suggest you don't do these things. <laughs> but if you do, then fine. You know, it's what I would do, so. I, I mean, as long as they don't put him too much in a movie, give him just like a solid 20, 15, 20 minutes. That's nothing. what I was hoping. Like, if he pops up, it's cool, but I don't want it to be like, I don't want him there for an hour. And a part of you thinks like, Spider-Man doesn't need Tony Stark to beef up the movie. Really? He's Spider-Man. He's Spider-Man. Like, we don't need that. It, you know what it felt like? It felt like uh, the move they did with Justice League Dark when they just threw Batman in there. And it's yeah. just like, you're not really necessary, but okay. But you know what I think it does, too? kind of diversifies Spider-Man because it's like, wow, this is the third like Spider-Man. It's like, <laughs> all right, well, Iron Man's there, so it's a little different. But you know what it feels like? It feels like it's... um. Like the olive branch mm -hmm. between like Marvel and who who owns it? Like Sony? It's one of those where it's just like, oh, well, you can have Iron Man. We can share people. That's cool. Yeah. So it's like one of those where it's just like, well, we gave you Spider-Man for Avengers. What can we get for the Spider-Man movie? It's like, oh, we'll give you Tony. Well, Tony is interesting, too, because it makes it more obvious what universe he's in. Yeah. Because there are tons of people. I you hear don't have people, to guess the movie. I hear so many people just complain, oh, there's another Spider-Man reboot. I'm like, you know Disney owns them now. They're like, what does that mean? I was like... Dude, Disney owns everything now. Dude. And I was like, Marvel sold Spider-Man away. Like, what does that mean? So like, there's so, and that's the thing. It's what's common knowledge to us. The general public doesn't even know. Oh. So that's why I feel like Tony Stark makes that move even more evident. That's true. And then now people go, why is Tony Stark in it? And they're like, well, oh. let's tell you. Because he's the linchpin of this Marvel Cinematic yeah, Universe. The cinematic Universe, Tony Stark is the linchpin. Like, not even close. Exactly. And he introduced Spider-Man, so it's not completely random. Yeah, because he did go get him when they had to, like, beef up for that, like, Avengers Battle Royale. As long as it's not too much of him, I'm perfectly fine with yeah, it. Yeah, just don't give me too much, and yeah. I'll, I'll be good. But that trailer is great, though. I definitely like yeah. it a lot. 
I'm and there was like so much hype for it too. I know, right? Even even when I went to work, my boss was just like, "Yo, because well, what did it debut on? Like Conan? Or like uh, the late Jimmy night Kimmel? Show? Jimmy Kimmel? Even when I got to work, like before I been clocked in, he was like, Jimmy Kimmel tonight, be on it.'" I was like, what, what's going on? Just be on it. I was like, okay. It's like, nah, I'll wait a minute for it to get on YouTube. I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> literally, that's all it takes. <laughs> yeah, like literally one minute. But that's it for Spider-Man. Is there anything else that stood out to you about the trailer? Or? Um, Not off the top of my head. I'm just happy that yeah. we have a villain that hasn't been used before. That is great. But it looks like he's going to be good. Like, I'm happy it's not like, oh, Doc Ock 2.0 or like Rhino again. But like I've never seen Vol- I haven't seen Vulture in years. Yeah. So like for him to be on the big screen is like major for me. I was like that's awesome. That so that's is- what I'm ha- that's what I'm the most excited about. And if he does a good job, that's gonna make the film. If he does a good job, all of a sudden you'll see Vulture get like propelled to stardom status. It's just like Iron Man. How he was like B C list and Tony Stark like pushed him to A list superhero. So that's- it's gonna be like one of those. That's very true. But um, the villain, like you said, makes it. If you have yeah. a good villain That's your movie right there. Yeah, you're good. So you want to move on to this last, last thing before One Piece? Yeah, man. All right. So uh, we also got more information on the Super Mario Run mobile game. You have a lot more notes than me, so I'm going to let you take uh, take it. They just had a lot of media outlets being shown. So they started with uh, Jimmy Fallon. Which was smart. Yeah, and he was like playing the game, and Miyamoto was just watching him, and just like that whole thing. He's even playing the Nintendo Switch and playing some Zelda. Oh man, right? <laughs> That's what I want to play. Forget Mario. Give me that freaking Breath of Wild. But you're like the Mr. Phone gamer, though. Yeah, but it's it's like your what were you core saying? It's basic like basic phone game. It's like um, what do they call them? It's like your your unlimited runner game, but all you do is run. All day. Yeah, it's like, it's like an unlimited runner. And then when you day. jump off the wall, he kind of runs the other way. And, yeah, and so that whole business. Crazy. But at least it has game modes. That I'm happy about. Um, I'm also happy that... I mean, people are like crying about the price tag because it's $9.99. But I'm happy you can just pay something up front and just get everything. Then for it to be like like a Telltale game, like Walking Dead, how you pay for it per episode. Like you don't want to drop like $6 every time you drop an episode. Because when you look at the money in the long run, you end up spending more money. So it's like I'd rather shoot you to $9.99 up front and just get 100% of the game. Yeah, that does so really that, good. That, that sounds a lot better. That does get annoying, or even worse, if you get it for free, but then if you want to play a certain amount, you have to pay, like, yeah. I'd rather just do the 10, it makes me feel better knowing that I just dropped the 10, and I'm like... <laughs> it makes you feel better? Yeah, because, you know, the it's too good to be true. Yeah, that's true. You know, when you don't pay for something, they're making money somehow. But what I didn't want is, I didn't want the game to be uh, freemium, per se. Yeah. I didn't want it to be like free, but then you have to pay to unlock this, pay to unlock that, pay to unlock that. That's why I was just like, let me shoot you to 10 and just get 100% of the game and I'm good to go. Yeah, exactly. And the game modes they have is a toad tally. So it's basically you versus someone else. Which is which is good because um, that stems off of what other people's main complaint is, is that you have to always have internet access, which doesn't really bug me because it's on a phone. Like, unless your area is bad, like, you're always online regardless. You have, a, you have a bad service phone. That's your problem. Yeah, that's that's not Nintendo's fault. Yeah. And then the Kingdom Builder is pretty cool. That would Which be interesting. Which is cool. Yes. Yeah, it's just something different to do. And then you get to have playable characters such as Luigi, Yoshi, and Toad. But do they do anything different? Well, Yoshi's got his little foot running thing. So if you play with Yoshi, you, sh- you could be expected to, like, jump farther. Because I- remember in the other games... um, 
I think in the Wii U game, the Mario one, like the last big one, everybody had different stuff. Oh, wow. Um, that game was fire. Luigi jumped so much he higher. Jumped so much further. And you think that's a good thing? No, it's not. But it's a terrible thing. Well, first of all, that guy has no traction. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> you are like falling every time. It was so awful. But I think it's cool about the game is you get to play with one hand. That is cool. And then it had like a video of Miyamoto. He was like eating cake while playing through levels. Because he's Miyamoto, yes. Yeah, it was so <laughs> awesome. So he's like doing different, eating different cake and going through the levels as he's going through. And you're like, okay, so this is what to expect. Mm. But it's coming off the iPhone on First. December on December 15th. Mm -hmm. And as always, Android users have to wait because we have to wait for everything. But how long will we have to wait? Um... I don't know. It might be a while. It's one of those things where, um, you know how games uh, or how systems have those like games that are only on their system but only for a short amount of time? It's one of those where it's like they want to hold it on the iPhone for this period to this period and then like once the hype dies, then it's just like, oh, it's available on Android. Yeah. But everybody that was going to buy it already bought it on iPhone. So do you think <clears throat> that they're going to be pushing a bunch of other Mario games next year? Depending on how this goes? Um... Honestly, I thought Nintendo would have uh, jumped into the mobile thing sooner, considering how well their portable devices do. Like, no one ever touches them on, like, mobile devices. So I, I thought they would jump into phones sooner. But this is literally just the first step. And I think Mario's going to make, like, Mario money. It's going to make Mario a lot of money up front. Yeah. It's, and it's then everyone's going to... This is what everyone's going to do. It's very successful. Oh, it fell off. It's what happens to Nintendo all the time. It's not breaking news when they're successful up front. <laughs> it's because of branding. It is. And it, it, but you know what? You, you can say it's because of branding, but at the end of the day, it's like, it's Nintendo. They earned that branding. They did earn it, and man, they promote. Yeah, they promote. Like, even like that ridiculous uh, parkour video. Oh my god! Because I because when I saw that video on YouTube, I was just like, okay, the game costs nine ninety nine. It's your regular phone game. That video seems so elaborate for a phone game. I was just like, how much money did they spend on this commercial? Oh yeah, they definitely like, dropped geez. money. They're definitely expecting to make a lot of money for sure. And I always love how Nintendo goes after diversity, mm -hmm. collaboration, mm -hmm. just enjoying playing games with each other. Nintendo goes after that so much more than any other video game console. Definitely. It's more about the community. Yeah, it is. But, I mean, like you were saying before, um, everybody's expecting a drop-off. I kind of want that. Because we're going to get that initial push, and then it's going to drop off, and I bet you they're going to start releasing free DLC That'd to try fun. to get that uh, that market back. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Because that's, the, that's that's been the theme nowadays. Let's release an incomplete game. Mm -hmm. And then start patching stuff and doing stuff to, like, update it later. Like, Pokemon Go. Yeah. Like, think about all the stuff they've added along the way. Why couldn't we get that at launch? Because oh. they knew they were going to make a ridiculous amount of money. So what's the point? So what's the point? It was just like, we'll patch it in later, drop it now so we can start making this money back. I still feel like they waited a little long to be dropping some of these updates. <laughs> yeah, you thought they would come, like, maybe a week later, a couple of days. And it's just like... All right, cool. We got this update, but it's just like we should have been had this. Yeah, so but it's getting know. but it's getting much better though. I think I was just telling you. Well, mm -hmm. I think I was telling you, Starbucks now has every single Starbucks has a Pokestop. I think that is the smartest thing ever. There's Starbucks everywhere. There's four Starbucks in my mall alone. That's really awesome. So it's just like literally, if if you're a kid and you can just go to the mall with your parents and just hit up all these Pokestops. 
Not to mention, like, Bass Pro Shop and other stores have it, too. That's true. I can see now a bunch of fan-made videos of people doing parkour free-running dressed up as Mario characters. <laughs> I totally see it coming. Yeah, it's, it's going to come. After, after that commercial, yeah, it's going to inspire a few people. Yeah, just people just dressed up. Or maybe they're going to have those, like, fitted compression shirts of uh, Mario. You know what? That's going to look fresh. That's going to look fresh. That would, or, like, a long sleeve, but instead of... It's like a compression, but, like, the Mario top. What are they, they going to have, like, with the big hands, though? I don't know about the hands, I feel like though. the big hands is dangerous for, like, parkour. Yeah, because you need that grip, man. <laughs> you need man. that grip, though, man. That scares me. If they, if they go all out for the costume, they're going to be in trouble. But, you know, that's the internet, though. You grab something, and it just branches off into a whole different entity, and it just blows up and goes viral. For sure. But, I mean, that's it about Super Mario Run. Is there anything else that stands out? Um, As of right now, no. They're probably going to release more information as the game gets closer to release date, which is what I assume. And the thing is, it kind of kills our excitement because we're both Android users. Yeah, so it's just like, oh, cool, released on the 15th but not for anything that i use so. i feel like we're as excited about this game as much as anyone who's not gonna get it that day can be <laughs> yeah like i'm happy it's coming out i'm happy to do a mobile stuff because that's what i want them to do eventually is start um releasing older games like i want them to release like packages of pokemon that you can have on your phone like can you imagine playing like red blue and gold on your phone That'd be fun. That would be fire. Like, that's what I'm waiting for them to do. It's cool that they have new games, but I want them to get comfortable and start releasing, like, classics, like how they have um, like how they have the eShop or whatever for Nintendo. Yeah. But I want that on my phone. It's smart, though, to do it. And then people always say, oh, the emulators. Stop. I don't want that. Just stop. That's, yeah. It's stealing. I don't want that. I want. I would give them my money. I don't care. Like, yeah. it's Pokemon. I'll buy it again. How many times have I bought Final Fantasy? Like, the same one. Yeah. I, I would totally buy, like, Pokemon Red, Blue, Gold silver any one of those again if you enjoy it and you have fun with it even if it's not the best game but not only that it's that for those older games they don't require a lot of power and like i always tell people when they ask me like why do i play on my phone as much i always have my phone with me yeah. so it's one of those was just like when you start moving into mobile devices you have a larger audience everybody has a phone yeah like they're like if you thought nintendo was printing money before they're gonna print money now a lot of money. So they're, they're about to start Pokemon Go is doing fine with yeah. their money. Pokemon Go is just like... People drop money all the time. Mm -hmm. So you ready? Yeah, man. Ah! Alright, so we're going to get into our One Piece synopsis for episode 786, the third one. Rise of the Mist. 768. 68? Did I mix up the numbers? I think so. I did. I mean, when we skipped a little further ahead, yeah, but, did. you know, that's <laughs> so, okay. I'm sorry, episode 768. Um, the third one, Rizo of the Mist, the ninja appears. Uh, before I get started, not a lot happens. No. In comparison to, like, the last episode, like, not a lot happens. Even though the last episode was a lot of build-up, this one was, like, more storyline. Well, even the beginning of the episode just began with, like, the aftermath of the last episode. Yeah, pretty much. You're still, like, taking it in. <laughs> Like, the beginning of the episode, they're just like... Yeah, everybody's still in the exact same spots they were. Yeah, they were. they're just still like, is this still happening? <laughs> well, well, actually, right before that, they gave a little side uh, side update. Oh, yeah. So, um, as the episode begins, of one of Kaido's warships with Jack is seen while Jack is reading a newspaper about how he died. So, this is absolutely hilarious because Jack's like... Obviously, I'm here. I don't know why they're reporting this. This is kind of weird. But I don't know if that's, like, bad reporting or if that's just, like, the world government doing their shady thing once again. Yeah. But I felt like for Oda, it was super important for them to show that, even though it was, like, a 15-second scene with uh, Jack. 
Yeah, Just so you know, that, like, for sure, he's alive. Yeah, that's very true, because they did announce him dead. But you also have to remember that we could presume that Dolphamingo was saved. Yeah. Dolphamingo is a celestial dragon. That's true, because if the thing about Jack is wrong, it's just like, maybe Dolphy got away. I associate anything that the government gives false news with celestial dragon power and authority. So you think he got away? I just don't see him in Intel down. Like, I just don't. No. Like, I was just like, there's no way he's, he's a celestial dragon. There's no way he's going there. Yeah, I, I just, I think I see Dolphy leaving, and then they just put out that news that, like, all right, Jack was taken out at least. Oh. And Jack straight up called bullshit. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Jack, Jack's reading the newspaper. He was upset favorite. about it, though. <laughs> yeah, he, he was not feeling that. And he's like, do you think I'm dead? And everyone's like, no, you're very much alive. <laughs> They were, oh man, they were so scared. And then like, he's so cryptic. He's like, too slow. And I said, they're like, what is he talking about? Too yeah, even slow. his crew was like, huh? What? He's like, you need to go faster. Where are they going? I don't know. Are they going back to Zoom? No, there's no way they're going back. Because he left Zoom to go deal with Dolphy. And I feel like they, they're going to assume that Rizzo's not there after the damage they did. Yeah. So this is, they might just go back to Kaido and be like, yo... We didn't get what we wanted from Zoo. At least we got Dolphy out, though, so he can keep making you, like, bad weapons. Yeah. So you never know. I like how he, like, invaded an elephant-based country with his elephant-based, like, elephant character. Based, like... <laughs> <laughs> and he has, like, the headship with, like, the elephant with in the, the front. elephant on the front. <laughs> I like how Kaido's subordinate basically has his own fleet. But that's how Yonkos are. That's so... Like, you, I don't know if you remember the main four people that used to roll with Blackbeard. Like, the people on Impel Down, that crew, they all have their own fleets. That's insane. Which is, like, bonkers. I guess that's Yonko's status. Yeah. But, um, meanwhile, back in Zoo, uh, Kinemon is there, of course, obviously expressing his gratitude for everything that the Minks have done for him. By the way, side note, I feel like he should have expressed more gratitude. He was a, went through hell. Yeah, but he's oblivious. He's ignorant to what happened. Look at the injuries! Look at the town! Yeah. He's pretty I'm ignorant. like, dude, there's a reason Usopp and Nami were crying last episode. Like, they literally went through hell. But he was just on, he was truly oblivious. oblivious. Yeah, he was in the dark. And I sure. like how the Minx just played off as like, yeah, it's no big deal. Yeah. You know, my boy Viper and Duke was just like, no, nah, we're good. It's no problem. Yeah, bro, it's no big deal. Like, they made it sound like it was a soda break run. Like, <laughs> like yeah, it's no big deal, bro. We got you. We uh, almost got murdered yeah, in cold blood. And that like, was BS, though. But um, he then shows his Kozuki crest tattoo as proof he is from the Wano kingdom. You also find out him, Cat Viper, and Dogstorm all share the same crest. And which I thought was cool. And Rizo. I'm sorry, and Rizo all share the same crest. Yeah, I actually missed that. I had to watch it the second time and realize that they did mention Rizo is also another person that shares the crest. Which I think is cool because when he shows up, he's like, yeah, I'm Kinemon from the Wano kingdom. The retainer of the king. And it's just like, how do you prove this? And then when he takes off his shirt, he's just like, blah, and they didn't even ask him for that. No. He just volunteered. He goes, hey, by the way, yeah, he I have this tat. And this gives the Straw Hats even more surprise. They're like, wow. Yeah. Not only did we, we didn't know about this bond, but this level of bond. Yeah, they're like, who did we have on our boat this whole time? <laughs> yeah, and freaking uh, Usopp was just like, thank goodness this didn't happen. Like he's, like, <laughs> he's like, I don't think I was really ready for this. Like, throw it down. And Robin brought up a good point, though. Like, they couldn't have told the whole story. Well, no, because um, after he shows him the crest, uh, he, of course, apologizes. And he's just like, we trusted you guys. 
there was just never really a good time to break this down for you. Like, they, we're just always busy. Yeah. So it's like, it's not that we didn't trust you. It's just like, yeah, we're on the move, like 25-8. Yeah, there's just a lot of news that they just weren't able to share with them. From that's both for sides. Sure. Uh, but of course, soon things started to heat up between Viper and Duke. Uh, and apparently Momo-chan was getting sick of their crap. Uh, and then he got extremely upset and told him that his father would be so, like... Upset. Disappointed in... in, in uh, his father would be sad. Acting. Yes, in how they're acting. And the funny thing is, uh, Nami picks up on this right away. Because Nami's like, yo, your father's right next to you. Like, isn't he Kinemo? And that's when things start to fall into place. And we get some more, like, truth revealed. Yeah, and then um, Mad Cat Viper and Duke Dogstorm apologize and bow. Yes! They bow. And all the minks were like, what's happening? They don't bow to anyone. And then that's when you get uh, who Momo-chan really is. So uh, that's when Kinemon finally admits he's been hiding the secret from them and that Momo, Momonosuke uh, is really the son of Odin again. I don't know why. If you're named Odin, you got to be a boss. Like, that's just the thing. It's true. Uh, is the son of Odin and the heir to the Wano kingdom. So basically, um, is it is it me or did they always have royalty on the boat? So basically, they had a prince with them the whole time. Yeah. And then they had Vivi, who was a princess, like the whole time of Alabasta. Yeah, and they just, it's always low key. And it's always just like, how'd you guys not know? Well, did they know about Vivi? They knew about Vivi, though, right? Um, I don't remember. I don't know if they, when did they find out? Uh, they found out at some point later. See, the thing is, Robin knows. Robin knows everything because she's Robin. When names are dropped. Mm-hmm. But she won't know that person is a part of them. So what happens is the Straw Hats are always like, huh? Who's that? Is that someone that's important? And Robin's like, yes, they are important. <laughs> like, she's like, here, here are some facts. This is who they are. Like, she just knows. Absolutely. So, um, what were we going to say? No, I mean, that's it. I mean, well, once he told them that, they actually bowed down, apologized, and agreed to stop. Yeah. Which was just monumental if you've been watching this arc. They've yeah. hated each other for, it seems like, years Forever. upon years. Forever. And now this child is just saying, my dad gets sad when you fight. And now they disagree. And they're just done. So, I mean, like you were saying, we got hit with the halftime uh, before they actually agreed to the truce. Which is weird, though, because it felt like this halftime was like 20 minutes in. Yeah, well, actually, the before the intermission, the Straw Hats were still soaking in what occurred. Yeah, everybody. It was basically like reactions and then processing. And they were just apologizing, and Brooke was pointing out how they're both like perverts. <laughs> so even though they're not father and son, but which is weird because he was just like, "You guys aren't father and son, but you got a lot of similarities." I like how Luffy just didn't care about what he never cares. was. He doesn't care. And he even he told Luffy to bow down. He's like, "I'm not bowing down to anyone." <laughs> but Luffy's like, "You're afraid of heights. You ain't got no guts. You a chump." <laughs> Dude, Luffy straight up called him out, and. It was, Kinemon was so offended. Yeah. And then Conjuro just laid truth. He's like, Luke, they're pirates. Like, like what, what do you expect? Like, these are pirates. Like, they, they genuinely do not care. Because he made it seem like he's like, well, that's probably the best you're going to get out of them. Yeah. And I like how the dog and cat noticed how the Straw Hats make Momonosuke happy. Yes. Like, they're just their banter and just, like, messing around. Like, Momonosuke run into Robin's chest and oh Nami's and chest. Nami's chest. Yeah, man. I mean... And, and that's then he just actually, starts playing around um, with them, and that's when the intermission happens. Ah, because that's actually why they um, agreed to stop the truce, because they saw how happy the Moogie Waters were making Momo, and initially Duke offers the truce. And it's funny, because the way he did it, he was just like, all right, we're not going to fight, we'll communicate. Hand clap. 
I was like, what is this? And the thing is, when the minks see this, they're literally overjoyed. Because for us, it seems like they've been fighting for too long, but you don't even know like how long they've really been fighting. We don't even know how long. Because like... it has to be bad for one guy to literally rule the night and one guy rule the day. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, like... also, it's also relative because that moment could have been just as monumental for them as like the people in Dressrosa. Yeah, but you just don't know. You don't have that backstory. But you can tell it is significant, and they're just shaking each other's hands. Mm-hmm. But with the condition, that was Mad Cat Viper that laid down the condition, because he's so petty. <laughs> yeah, Duke threw up the truth, but Viper was like, on these terms. He is like the hothead, <laughs> super petty, just like, and, and that's just him. But even the Meeks are wondering, how powerful are the Kazuki family? Dude, to be honest, like, it's, you know what it is, is that, and this is what I've noticed with One Piece, Whenever you see super strong people show up earlier, they only show you their true power later on when you can process it. Yeah. Because I think people forget we saw Hockey the first episode. Then nobody was called to like episode 500. That's true. So it's, it's one of those where it's just like they're probably so strong, we wouldn't even really be able to realize like what the heck's going on. Yeah. That's so I'm, I'm assuming later on in the show, they're going to like, you know, introduce a new mysterious power that they have and they're probably going to have it. Yeah, that's really true. And then as they're settling down, everything's happy. Mm -hmm. To add to the happiness, <laughs> Zoo, the elephant, just throws out some water. Oh, dude, I thought that was perfect. It was. When when everybody was cheering and he like threw up the, the rainbow for him, I was like, oh! I was Every like, even the elephant's happy. Yeah, just it's just such a happy scene. Everyone's so happy with each other. And nothing adds to happiness like a big rainbow in the sky. You know what's funny? When I first saw that, I was just like, dude, this is the worst time for a flood. I thought a flood was coming. I thought so, too. I thought the rope... <laughs> no! I thought the rope chin rain was coming. Yeah, because what do they have? Like five a day or some crazy number? So I was just like, well, you know, I guess it's about that time. Whenever you see the elephant's tusks go, you're like, it's yeah, rain rope chin like, time. How high can you go? That would, that would be amazing. Can you imagine if they had like a theme park with like zoo and then every once in a while everywhere just gets really wet but instead they just like throw a bunch of rain like two or three times a day randomly. That would be the most wonderful thing ever. That would be great. That would definitely be so much fun. But at this point they now head into the whale tree. Yeah, so um, Cat Viper then leads the crew to the whale tree where apparently Rizo has been this entire time. And you know what? I just want to go back to what we were saying before. We both called it that that freaking tree was going to be super important. Yeah. We called it that the monkey was going to be important, and he was. And damn it, look at Frankie's hair. <laughs> you, you knew that tree was going to be important when you look at Frankie's hair. Dude, I did not notice Frankie's <laughs> hair, man. Like, that was all you. I literally did not notice Dude. his hair. <laughs> I was dying. I was just like, Frankie, you're too much, man. The details in this show just kill me. Like, Mad Cat Viper's walking up the well tree and Luffy's sitting on his tail. Really? Yeah, so Chopper's sitting on that? So Chopper's sitting on his head and Luffy's just sitting on his tail. Is he that big? Yeah. Jeez. And it's funny how tiny Luffy is. He's yeah, just Luffy's a, really small. He's just like this little tiny guy. And the dog and cat don't know how strong Luffy is. They really is. don't. Because when you look at other strong people in the show, they look like they're strong. Not that Luffy looks like he's weak. It's just that these guys are like eight foot tall. Like, even in Marineford, when, when you see Luffy standing next to the admirals, tell me they don't all look like they're 10 feet tall, dude. Yeah. They look humongous. And then whenever Luffy stands next to, like, Brooke and Frankie and stuff like that... Frankie's, like, 8'2", I'm pretty sure. He's a cyborg, though, so it makes sense. And Brooke's, like, dumb tall, too. How tall was he regularly? 
Because his bones are that tall. Yeah, that's him. Jeez. He's just a, he's just a tall dude in general. <sighs> but this is when the ninja hype begins. Oh my god, the whole way there, everybody's just like, nin, nin, ninja. And it's funny because, <laughs> boy, are they let down. <laughs> oh, they are so let down. And I like how Usopp... <laughs> Usa makes the best reference though. He's talking about the watery escape technique. Yeah. And if there's any ninja technique, Usopp's gonna go it after be some escape technique for sure. Usopp's like, man, I want some smoke bomb technique to get me out of here and all these crazy people. So uh, after traversing the tree for a while, the crew eventually stumbles upon a hidden door in the tail of the tree, which I thought was a cool location, um, which leads to a flight of stairs heading down. So. Of course, on the way down, like you were saying before, it's the whole ninja talk. You know, everybody's imagination is going wild. Usopp is going crazy. Luffy's going crazy. Frankie's going crazy. Chopper's going nuts. And it's like the most generic ninja oh imagination. It's just like... He throws like a ninja star, jumps out of a tree, disappears in like smoke. It's bare bones ninja you've ever seen. Like, it's nothing you haven't ever seen from a ninja before. And it's a silly question. It's like, where did they get that reference? That's true. Because you, you haven't even heard them mention ninjas yeah. until this point in the show. But that's okay, though. So, of course, uh, at the bottom, we finally meet Raizo, who is freaking huge, by the way. Yeah. Is everybody huge from Wano Kingdom? Apparently. He is big, dude. They're like the size of his face. He's this big, like, drooling, cartoonish looking. Oh you know what he looks like? Foxy Pirate. He does a little bit. He has that little foxy pirate look to him. He does. I didn't even think about that. That like stood out to me. I was like, he looks like something. So uh, when they meet Ryzo, of course, he's not the ninja they were hoping no, for. No, he was and not. I think it's hilarious because his initial reaction is he's pissed. Yeah. Because apparently he's been in this tree the whole time and no one's fed him. Yeah. Because all the people that feed him got injured when Jack showed up. So, and why is he shackled? Because he would have went out. He's literally like shackled at the bottom of the whale tree with no food for like God knows how they many They shackled days. him because they knew that he would go out. Yeah, because these samurai don't know when to just chill out. Oh, he probably wouldn't even just turn himself in to not hurt the minks. And he That's was, true. If he would have saw that destruction, he probably would have been like, okay, enough's enough. And like. he was also upset that the injured minks were feeding him. He goes, I know something went wrong. Oh... It sounds logical the way I'm saying it, mm -hmm. but when you watch the show, he's like blurbing and crying. Oh yeah, he's hysterical and just like, like he's complaining essentially. But he's right though; he was genuinely concerned for yeah. the minks that were taking care of him. He has no idea of the destruction, but he saw injured minks, so he knew something went that's wrong. That's true. He did say that. He's like the people that feed me are like all jacked up. Like what happened? And that's how the episode ends, just by this letdown in terms of the straw hats. Oh my god! Because you literally have. Like, after halftime, it's literally the hype train about the ninja. Just hype train the whole time. And when they get down there, he is just like, he's not intimidating. He's not menacing. Like, uh, nothing. Just like, I don't know. He just looks like a big crybaby. Yeah. And then this weird uh, little snippet <clears throat> where, like, Momo was complaining because he heard a voice inside the whale tree. But did he hear Rizo? He was just hearing a voice within the tree. And I'm not sure if it was Rizo, but he was really far away. And they were mentioning how it was an ability of Odin. They will explain that later. Kinamon said that. And then even Cat and Dog were like, we know someone else that said the same thing. <laughs> you call him Cat and Dog. It's better than Kong. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. Mad Viper, Cat. Viper and Duke. Viper and Duke. It sounds better. <laughs> cat and Dog. They're, they're Cat and Dog. Like, it's better than what Nami called him. 
Oh yeah, well, she's just like, oh, the kitty and the doggy are friends again. <laughs> Did she, she call them kitty and doggy? I was like, Nani, these, this is not a kitty and doggy. Like, that, that's not how you would talk to them. But I mean, that's it for the episode. Did you see the preview for the next uh, episode? Um, yes. What happened? It's actually pretty significant, man. Oh crap! It's a freaking poneglyph. Yes. When's the last time we seen one? Alabasta? Skypia. Skypia was after. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, they, they showed the episode where they're just disappointed about the ninja. <laughs> so they're just kind of like doing that carryover where they're just reacting from the end of the episode again. Mm -hmm. But then it's a new, the new uh, Poneglyph, I guess. How is it said? Poneglyph? Poneglyph? Maybe? Yeah. Poneglyph? And it's a redstone guide to One Piece. Yeah, that's why I was freaking out because I was just like, is it about that time? Like, are we talking about One Piece for real? Because the show feels like it's more about the journey. Yeah. And Luffy doesn't really care about the One Piece. Like, it feels like he's going to stumble upon it, you know, while he's doing all the awesome stuff that he's doing. He wants to achieve it, but he doesn't want a shortcut to it. He True. wants to do it the way you should do it as a pirate. Because I remember he was going to kill Usopp. Yeah. And Usopp was about to ask uh, Ray about the One Piece. And That's he's true. like, yo, shut up. Get out the crew right He's now. like, I don't do cheat codes. <laughs> Luffy doesn't do cheat codes for nothing. But I mean, overall, though, you like the episode? Um, yeah. One, one Piece is one of those shows where you don't have to have any action. Nope. And just because the storyline is so deep and there's so many pieces moving at the same time. Because think about it. They didn't even mention Sanji. Once again, like Dressarosa. We have no idea what's going on with Sanji. Well, 2017's a year of Sanji, not 2016. Oh my. But you can show the guy. But it's just like I was saying. like There's just so much going on. A storyline episode doesn't hurt. Because yeah. it's just like, oh crap, I forgot about them. Yep. Heck, I forgot about the samurai. So you never know. Yeah, that's true. Definitely forgot about him. Uh, anything else you want to add before we ride out? Nah, man, that's it. Thanks right, for listening. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. Laters. Laters.